Welcome back to the Kenny Chester Podcast. I am your host, Kenny Chester, and today we're going to try to cut through all the malarkey, as Uncle Joe would say, and discuss the Florida House Bill number 1557-1557. That's right, the Controversial Parental Rights and Education Bill, or maybe you've heard it by its other designation, the Don't Say Gay Bill. And the reason you've probably heard that is because we have a shameless, ball-faced, lying media class who is just an extension of one political side, and they will lie to your face about what the bill says. So let's cut through some of this. Buckle up. It's going to be fun. Let's get to work. I don't know. It seems to me that he shouldn't be saying that. Well, what is it that you want him to say? Shut him down. Today's episode brought to you in part by Woody Butler Barbecue Company. That's right, Hoss. If you want a sauce that I have you grilling like a boss at a fraction of the cost, give my man Sean Butler an email. That is WoodyButlerBBQ at gmail.com and you won't regret it. Now, getting to the episode, I'm going to read, if that is okay. I know many of you have your thoughts about the bill, and let's just read a section of the bill, shall we? Or um, I don't think we could read the whole thing. It's a lot of legal jargon because of legislation, but we'll read the uh, important parts. Let's read with the opening. Line 2 says, an act relating to the parental rights and education, amending the S, got some numbers there, requiring different school boards to adopt procedures that comport with certain provisions of law for notifying a student's parents of specific information, requiring such procedures to reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children in a specified manner, prohibiting the procedures from prohibiting a parent from accessing certain records, providing construction, prohibiting a school district from adopting procedures or a student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying a parent about specific information or that encourage or have an effect of encouraging a student to withhold from a parent such information, prohibiting school district personnel from discouraging or prohibiting parental notification or parental notification and involvement in critical decisions affecting a student's mental, emotional, and physical well-being, providing construction, prohibiting classroom discussions about sexual orientation or gender identity in certain grade levels or in a specified manner requiring certain training developed or, or developed or provided by a school district to adhere to standards established by next page line 26 the department of education requiring school districts to notify parents and it goes on and on like this and so you say wait a minute this is the controversial don't say gay bill it seems this is really about parental rights and education well that is the name of the bill and i won't read the whole bill but i will link it in the description so anyone that wants to read it in totality can do that it just be a lot of a boring podcast for it everyone let's read a few more pertinent sections this is on page 3 line 67 Uh, or on line 67, number 8, according to student welfare, starting on line 67, in accordance with the rights of parents enumerated, and it tells you where, adopt procedures for notifying uh, notifying a student's parents if there is a change in the student's services or monitoring related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being and the school's ability to provide a safe and supportive learning environment for the student. The procedure must reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children by requiring the school district personnel to encourage a student to discuss issues relating to his or her well-being with his or her parent to facilitate discussions of the issue 
or to facilitate discussions of the issue with the parent. The procedures may not prohibit parents from accessing any of their students' education and health records created, maintained, or used by the school district as required. Number two, a school district may not adopt procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying a parent about his or her student's mental, emotional, or physical well-being or a change related to services monitoring or that encourage or have the effect of encouraging a student to withhold from a parent such information. School district personnel may not discourage or prohibit parental notification of involvement in critical decisions affecting a student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. This subparagraph does not prohibit a school district from adopting procedures that permit school personnel to withhold such information from a parent if a reasonably prudent person would not believe or would believe that disclosure would result in abuse, abandonment, or neglect as those terms are defined in section 3901. Number three, and this is where a lot of the controversy centers upon, number three, line 97, classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for the students in accordance with state standards. Number four, student support services training developed or provided by school district or school district or school district personnel must adhere to the student services guidelines, standards, and frameworks established by the Department of Education. It goes on, and again, I will link the full bill. I recommend everybody reading the uh, the full bill. Do not trust whatever your preferred news uh, organization is to deliver the facts unless they're printing some of this verbatim. So go and read it. I know it was highly technical. I know it's difficult. And I know I, fa- I read fast, but I just wanted to read it that way because some of us out there, this is the only time you're going to hear some of these lines and you're just going to hear some other baked down or watered down regurgitated lines about it saying, don't say gay and it you know, harming or causing real life harm to uh, trans kids. And I don't believe any of that's happening at nowhere near the levels that people are, are uh, proponents of this bill or opponents of this bill are arguing that it is. Now, let's get into the controversy surrounding some of these items and exactly what's going on in the media and playing out in the public square regarding these items as just listed. Number one, I want to say just right out of the gate, both sides are lying to you. More than likely, both sides are lying to you. And this isn't both sidesism. I want to say that that we should know by now that we have a completely broken news apparatus, that you cannot get the truth whole cloth from either side. You have to have some type of distilling process when, when, when you're reading these things. Do not go to one site and take everything that they say verbatim. There's going to be some slanting. And if you are unaware you are going to be vastly misinformed. Now, here's where I stand right now on the controversy as it surrounds the whole don't say gay versus grooming or anti-grooming legislation. And and I'm just going to shoot you straight and let you know exactly how I feel about this. Right now, what the left has successfully done because it's every in everybody's consciousness right now that this bill is permitting the 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 word gay from being said or uttered by these school teachers and that's that's the the brilliance of marketing and making something simple and tapping into this fear and this hate mongering and identity politics that is ruining our national discourse is that you can get something like that that's short and it contains even if it's a falsehood it contains this very memorable very quotable thing and so you get a bill 
feel like don't say gay that's making its rounds everywhere when it has nothing to do with that. It is this fear-mongering that, oh no, the, 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 the free speech people are trying to stymie or trying to silence, you know, certain words from being uttered. And number one, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a gross misrepresentation of what this bill is. The bill is literally parental rights in education. And if you read the meat of this bill, it's what are the parents entitled to when it comes to the education of their children. And I think this is a very important issue, as we saw in the governor's race or the gubernatorial race in Virginia. When Glenn Young King surprisingly won there, they made it a parent right issue when it comes to education. And because his Democratic opponent had made some comments basically saying that parents shouldn't have a right or a say in the curriculum when it comes to education. What what they are finding out right now is that parents are very closely monitoring their schools, and it's not been a good year for um, school boards and teachers unions because they were dominated by some of these leftist thinking people. And so people started opening their eyes. You got to give credit where credit is due. Christopher Rufio or Rufo, however you say his name, has led the charge. He has made this a major voting issue and it's unbelievable right now because of all the chaos that's going on in the country and all the um, negative things surrounding the Biden presidency, whether you want to talk about the economy, whether you want to talk about um, the southern border, whether you want to talk about um, foreign policy. You know, there are, there are many losses that the Democrats are going to be uh, faced with when it comes out of this presidency. But this huge issue that nobody really saw coming, it's, and it's pushing a lot of this to the forefront, is what's going on in the public education system. Now you say, Chester, why is this spelling out doom for the Democrats? Well, because when people are presented with the facts, we're not saying the spun news. When we say, when you read the bill, when you highlight what the bill actually says, what what is devastating for Democrats right now is that more than half of the country supports the Florida bill and even more than half of Democratic voters in Florida support the bill as it is written. Not as it's being painted, but they're losing the messaging battle because when you read the bill, when you say, this is what this bill says, I mean, any decent human being would agree that parents should have the imminent right to know what a child is being taught and should be informed if there's changes in their emotional, mental, or physical well-being. This is what this bill takes aim at. And then as a part of that, in line three, it says that you cannot talk about sexual orientation with kindergarten age kids. If you tell any reasonable person that, they would say, absolutely, I agree with that, and that should never be on the table. Kindergarten through third, and which makes me think, why fourth grade? You know, there's certain things that you can talk about in biology. And this is where it gets tricky for the new left is that they want to separate these issues from a biological framework. And so when you say we need to be teaching these things at school, where are you going to teach them from? What is the framework that you are calling the children into? You can't say biology anymore because it's divorced from that. What is the subject? And so what this bill, this bill really does is target and say, okay, there are certain things. The kind, kindergarten age kids, third grade and down, and I would argue even above that to a certain level, do have it is it is ludicrous that you are going to be talking about sexual orientation. Think about that for a moment. Think about that. When we talk about orientation of gender ideology and sexual orientation, you are really sexualizing young children and trying to get them to identify with a sexual desire. 
whether it be heterosexual or homosexual or pansexual, all the sexuals that you want to invent out there, you're still talking to a young child about sexual desires. And that is is wrong. No matter how you paint it, no matter all the wording and the legal jargon that you want to inject in the conversation, whatever emotions you want to to throw out there, it is 100% wrong to do that. And this is what this bill is doing. And any reasonable person that has had it explained to them is, is, or the majority of them, I should say, says, yeah, we're in favor of this bill. And the writing is on the wall. I'm not exactly sure how far they're going to chase this um, when, it, when it comes to the midterms and then the presidential election in 2024. It is a losing issue for the Democrats. And I hope they don't wake up. I hope they, I hope they run campaigns on it. I hope they make it a major talking point because they will get murdered in the elections. It's going to be a complete bloodbath when it comes to the midterms. And it's going to do the same thing if they keep on these talking points in the presidential presidential election. That's just what I believe. And I guess we'll find out uh, in just a few months and then a couple more years on both of those election cycles to see if I am correct in my belief. So many things can change. Obviously, I've been wrong before. This is where I see it as I stand. So let's turn to the secondary controversy surrounding the bill. That is the rights labeling of anyone that opposes this bill to be a groomer. And I just, if we're going to talk about how you can market something and make something stick, this is what happened to the right. They had a bill that the large majority of the country believed in and also a majority of Democratic voters where the bill was being enacted there in Florida. So you've got half the country or more than half the country, no matter the politics, agreeing with you. And then you even have the other side of the aisle in the state in which it passed also agreeing with what the bill is set out to do. So what do you do when there's a gross misrepresentation of your bill? Well, this is something that I feel like they learned in the Trump era. And I'm not saying for better or worse. I'm saying this is what is going on. This is what I believe. And I do not see any foul when it comes to them mislabeling the opponents of the bill. And so here's here's where I'm at on this. If you've, if you've known any, uh, seen anything the last few weeks, you'll notice that there was this don't say gay controversy, and then there's this groomer controversy. Now, what is the groomer um, accusation? The accusation is basically this. Okay, if you, if you oppose a bill that is meant to insert and enforce parental rights in education, and you want teachers to keep secrets from their parents and keep it in between you and the minor, then you are engaging in groomer activity. Now, that is the accusation. I do not believe that the majority of teachers out there are embracing or are trying to actively groom children. But here's the problem. If you're willing to lie against your ideological enemies, as they've done with this bill, then you also have to embrace the fact that they're going to lie about you. And for years, Republicans would just get killed in this type of combat. They, they, you know, they'll call, you know, Mitt Romney, who is a decent man. I don't agree with him religiously, but uh, he is a decent moral person, it seems to me. And they'll call him a murderer. They'll call him someone that enjoys firing people and taking their insurance. And they literally, uh, the president of the United States currently, President Joe Biden, literally said to a crowd of African-American constituents that Mitt, Mitt Romney wanted to put them back in chains. I am not making that up. You can find that on YouTube. That is a direct quote. 
and he he did it with a little bit of um, racial slurring as Biden is prone to. And so he did this. And so you say, all right, so you got a good man. And I've talked about this on the Trump episode about what Trump got right and what Trump got wrong. And my feelings of Trump was you have people now that were willing to enter the arena that the Democrats will throw mud at you. They'll throw mud back. And so here's here's the issue with the whole groomer controversy as far as, well, it's, you shouldn't use that that word to describe. That is correct. If it's not groomer activity, you should not use that. But you cannot expect one side to be labeled as trans murderers. You want to talk about hyperbole? You want to talk about blowing issues out of proportion? Literally, Pete Buttigieg, well, however you say his name, Mayor Pete, who is uh, in the presidential primary there running against Joe Biden back a uh, few years back, who is now the United States Secretary of Transportation, literally on television inferring that this bill will get people killed. Now, you want to talk about hyperbole? You want to talk about an unfair accusation? And so if you've got one side, and he's not the only one, he's one of the more prominent ones, Biden and his press secretary, all these people, they they use this rhetoric, this toned-up rhetoric, we got to keep these people safe. It's not safe for them to to, to be in these school systems. If this And, and so you've got, you're saying that the bill is going to cause murder. Is going to cause people to die, and then you turn around and say, "Well, you can't. You you you're putting teachers' dan- uh, lives in danger if you refer to them as anti-grooming." Um, yeah. What do you think the the people that are listening to your rhetoric saying this bill is going to kill people? If that's true, if I really believe that people support this bill are complicit in the murder and the, the the death of people, what's it going to take? Some some loony person like the guy that shot up the Republican softball team or baseball team because he he was a huge Bernie supporter. Like, what, what are you thinking the high, like, what is the ramifications of highly hyperbolic messaging surrounding you're going to kill someone, you're going to kill someone, you're going to kill someone. Somebody's going to believe that and try to keep people from killing someone. So I don't want to hear anybody complain that, oh, they're calling us groomers and, and it's like, okay, yeah, but you called them murderers. Like, let's stop. If, if you don't want that, let's stop. And the fact is that now that, that it's become a right-wing, quote-unquote, right-wing issue that says this type of stuff is, uh, is grooming young children, it's amazing how much we've memory hold the fact that there is a lot of grooming that happens in our public education system. This is well-documented. There, there's, there's bills been passed in the last five, six years led by Democrats. There's like numerous citations for this. I'll just read you one. This happened in 2021, December 2000, just a few months ago, there was a line that, uh, or a, a law that passed that took on the name of Faith's Law. This was done in democratically controlled Illinois. And and this is what the, the bill was trying to, I'm going to read a piece of this bill that way you kind of get an idea. What, 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 what are they trying to do here? Number, I'll give you line four of this bill. Repeated violations of staff student boundaries indicate the grooming of a student for sexual abuse. Man, those crazy Republicans. Well, wait a minute. That wasn't Republicans. That was Democrats. In 2017, the Department of Education published a report warning that public school employees groom, this is verbatim what they the report says, and then commit adult sexual misconduct against 10% of all K-12 through students. So what is grooming in this aspect? This is what the government defined it as. They define grooming as the process of isolating and manipulating a child. If you read the law, if you read the Florida law, this is what they're trying to prevent. Some isolating behavior where you take a child and you get them against their parents' best wishes and their regards and try to get that secrecy and that privacy established in between the teacher and the student. And this report says that 10% of all K-12 through students 
have had sexual crimes committed against them by public educators. 2014, a nonpartisan GAO published a 72-page report warning that child predators in public schools recommending that administrators monitor teachers for, what is it, grooming behaviors that could lead to sexual misconduct and sexual abuse. This is not a new thing. I know that we've been conditioned to think that sexual abuse only happens within, like, the Catholic Church and priests and things of that nature, or at least our public discourse would believe you're, there's a profession out there that's really... Um, predatory toward their relationship with children, then, then the Catholic priest gets this big uh, target painted on their backs. And of course, there have been scandals. And of course, there have been people that got away from uh, consequences of their actions. But going on the sheer numbers, they are way more likely to be sexually abused in public schools. And so what are you saying? Are you saying that the grooming label is accurate in this? No, I think if you you can you can oppose this bill if you're worried about things like it's too vague and we might and run into some trouble if they're not specific in their language. But if you're going to go around and say that this isn't happening in our schools and we don't need laws that, that tighten the restrictions of these relationships and how these grooming activities, when you try to isolate a child from their parents and turn them against it, isn't happening. I mean, you can put your head in the sand if you want, but this is a literal thing that's happening. And so when the right comes and says, okay, you guys are anti-groomers or you're a groomer, I don't have, I'm not losing any sleep over that because just a couple days ago, including now and into the future, they're going to be labeled as murderers for putting together legislation like this. And so if you want to tone down the rhetoric, you, you first. Start it, you know, and then if you don't want to be unfairly categorized as a groomer, maybe you should withhold the murder accusation. Maybe that's something that, that needs to be done. Maybe maybe you have to see exactly how poisonous and toxic it is to use this language against your political enemy, and then you'll have to realize how, you, how that looks when or how that feels when you have to wear those titles. And so that's that's where I'm at on the whole uh, controversy. Of course, Disney then weighed in, and I'm telling you, these new activists on the right are not pulling back punches, and they're so effective in their messaging. And I'm going to link a couple threads by Christopher, and I, I said it wrong earlier. I think it is Rufo, not Rufio. It's Rufo. I, I get in Rufio in my mind because of the paint of, uh, the Hook um, movie about Peter Pan and that Rufio kid with the red mohawk. But I think it's Christopher Rufo. And I'll link some of the th work that he's doing. But when you come out and you say, this isn't happening, this isn't happening, this isn't happening, and then he releases a torrent of videos where it's showing that it's happening, and this, and this is something that's it's not confined to the imagination of a few right-wing people. This is a literal serious subject that has been addressed over the years by both Democrat and Republican lawmakers. And so now that it's it's being used and this weapon is being effectively used to punish the left and punish those that misrepresent the, the bill, I'm not losing any sleep over them getting their feelings hurt for doing what they've done over and over and over and over. And so how did Disney get involved on this? Well, Disney has a huge theme park, actually four parks um, and resorts and all these other things that they do down in Orlando. Initially, they were staying out of this controversial issue. They realized that they are, quote unquote, a family-friendly company that really go after kids marketing kids programming. Obviously, there's a bunch of adults that are now um, grown that love this because it's nostalgic for them. What did Disney do that was so wrong? Number one, they were forced into commenting on an issue that they should not have commented on. Here's, here's, here's what happened with Disney. Disney was shamed by some activists within their organization 
And so they staged this walkout. It was crazy because we were there like maybe a couple days before this walkout. And I don't, it wasn't a big walkout. It was more the news that there were unhappy people that work for Disney that says they're not doing enough to block this legislation on this quote unquote, don't say gay bill, which was actually the parental rights and education bill. And so they started this controversy. Well, the news media then starts picking up on it and says, ooh, Disney, you're being very quiet over there. Why are you being quiet? And so they were shamed into speaking out against this bill. And so they came out with a statement and said they're going to lobby against this bill being passed. Now, this has happened a few weeks ago. The bill's actually been passed now. And so they, they, they were shamed by their leftist employees or some of them into coming out and making this statement. Well, once they make that statement, they've now thrown their, their hat into this political argument. And so they become a target for a lot of these videos. And so they were having some type of, I don't even know what the training was about. It was like a, some video lectures that was happening at Disney or by Disney people. And so Christopher Rufo got these videos in which they were declaring how they, in response, are going to try to inundate their movies, their programming with these identity politic talking points. We want X, Y, and Z diversity represented in this and what it means, whether it's LBGTQ or another pet calls that in whatever the leftist flavor of the day is, that's what they want in their programming. Now this caused a, a giant stink because as Michael Jordan famously pointed out that Republicans buy sneakers too. Why would you alienate a large portion of your customer base why would you do that? If you want to wear the the family-friendly, nostalgic, magical-type genre, if you want to own that, if you, if you want to represent that, then why would you go down this ideological rabbit hole and say, we're going to target these issues and we were going to push them into our young viewers and our young um, customers' minds. And so this really blew up in their face, I think, because what they did was they made unnecessary political enemies. And if you've read anything recently, you'll know that, you know, there's people people boycotting and canceling Disney Plus subscriptions and all that thing. But I don't think that's what's going to hurt them. I think that, that those things are fads and they'll, they'll wear out quickly. I think what's going to hurt them is... I believe that the Republicans will take the House and Senate in 2022, and most likely, depending on what happens, and you can never predict that far out in 2024 with the pres presidency, but in, the tw in 2024, Disney's copyright on Mickey Mouse, like the original Mickey Mouse, the Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse cartoon, will expire. They've already had extension for their copyright. If you don't understand copyright law, and I'm not a legal expert or whatever, but I do know that after a certain point, it enters the public domain. And Disney has infamously sued even people like, like Small Day care businesses in Florida for using Disney decals without their permission. And so if they are, and this isn't punishment for Disney, if you think about it this way, you say, well, the Republicans are just trying to punish a, a no, no, no. It's it's actually, they would be treating Disney like everyone else. Disney have special, they have special carve outs, uh, one in which they can, they can basically govern their own amusement parks like little city states um, there in Florida. And they talked about removing that protection for as well from them. But the copyright issue could actually result in millions, if not billions of dollars. And I think Winnie the Pooh has already uh, entered the public domain. He just did that recently as far as like, I think the first book was 1926 or something like that, something I read. And so if they start losing their copyright protections because they've made unnecessary political enemies, then I think 
I don't know if they'll reverse course, but there could be a lot of uh, resignations uh, because money talks. And if you start losing money to that degree, um, and not just the whole Florida thing, I mean, the fact that they still do business in China, the fact that their cruises still stop at islands and, and, and vacation spots, that homosexuality is literally illegal, and you can go to year, uh, 10 years in prison for being uh, caught in a homosexual act, but they don't cut ties with them. And so they don't, they don't, they're not out there putting their money where their mouth is on these other places that could cost them money. But they just know that it's an easy battle there in Florida, or they thought it was an easy battle, and I don't think it really will be. So time will tell what happens there with Disney. I have my own litmus test when it comes to boycotting products or companies. It's not something I don't promote. I don't sign a bunch of papers. I don't put it on social media. I just, me and my wife, we talk about it and we have certain things that tick off. You'll probably never hear me on this podcast talk about the things that I personally will not patron or the businesses that I will not patron because of their moves. And so we'll see what happens in the long run with Disney over this. I just know that they got involved in a political battle that they should not have. And they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to take a hit financially because of it. We'll just see how it plays out over long term. But these the, the positions they've taken are untenable. To be the company that you are and and really get involved to lobby against a bill that would separate the relationship between a parent and isolate them, that is a bad move, a public relations disaster if people understand exactly what you're opposing. Now, they do have the benefit of a media class that's going to lie about the Republicans, that's going to lie about conservatives' beliefs in order to sway the most. But I'm telling you, if you if you stay off of the social media sites and 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 talk to people, I think your eyes would be open to that Twitter's not real life, Facebook's not real life, Instagram's not real life, TikTok's not real life. These things, obviously, they, they create fads and they create trends, and you can see a certain type of people the way they believe. But what's going to what they're going to find out, like they did in the Virginia gubernatorial uh, race, is that when you start messing with education and parents' rights when it comes to their kids, you are going to have a fight on your hand, and it's not going to be across. It's not going to be separated along party lines. This is a Republican, Democrat, Independent. You name it. People love their kids and they know so they know enough to not trust the government to get in between the parent child relationship. And that's that's really all this is in a nutshell. Parents know that they have the best interests, generally speaking, for their children. I say that because there is carved out in that bill that if you expect or suspect abuse, then you go to the authorities. So we're not enabling these parents to abuse their children. The teachers can't say anything. It's the opposite. You're not allowing these teachers to abuse these children. And you do that with transparency in the curriculum and also to guard against these behaviors that would isolate a child and turn them against their to their, their parents. And this is what this bill is. And so I see it as a winning battle for both Republicans and Democrats. If a Democrat was fighting for this, I would vote and want that bill to pass. And so that's my overview of this controversy. I've got a little more to say, which I might do later in this week because I was unable to get a podcast out last week. So I might double up this week and get a little more in depth in the psychology and philosophy when it comes to parents and the effort to sever those ties in lieu of more government oversight and interaction with those parents' children. Thank you for listening today. As always, God bless. Thank you for listening to the Kenny Chester podcast. Please consider subscribing and leaving a review.